0: Baby Nation, this is Jack speaking to you. What you are about to hear is the long-awaited result of an idea that Tanner had last year and that he has been trying to distance himself from ever since, to the point of completely disavowing it. What if, together, we attempted to do the impossible and remember the Da Vinci Code? It's a thought that I have not been able to let go of for months. It keeps me awake at night. If you find this notion as exciting and as important as I do, let me know, and I'll find a way to remember the rest of this inscrutable novel in a different forum, perhaps with guests who don't hate the idea. In the meantime... Here's the first chapter of The Da Vinci Code to the best of our memory. We'll be back in two weeks with the Babysitter's Club Mystery Board Game.
1: <laughs> the symbols are a language that can help us understand our past. It's a rudimentary phallus. Quite to the point. Yes, The more penises you have, the higher your rank. Boys,
0: a lot of people say Tanner that Homer, as we know him,
1: Simpson, <sighs> dope,
0: <laughs> was not an actual person, nice but cartoon. the. <laughs> concatenation of years of oral history that had been passed down.
1: You're waiting for me to make an oral history joke, like oral sex. You gave me space. You gave me a little runway there.
0: I've learned that if you speak slowly, you sound more professorial. Unless. The pauses are pregnant.
1: Unless. (laughs) They're
0: not designed to be filled.
1: You have a (laughs) co-host.
0: Or you're a co host. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a mistake. <laughs> I'm going to own that. But that the Odyssey and the Iliad are a
1: part of an oral tradition. Okay. I read um, them. They were both books. Rather so than that, the works of a
0: singular author necessarily. That doesn't I,
1: hold up because I've read both of them. They're both books. Okay. <laughs> so explain that.
0: Well, somebody wrote them down eventually. But. That's what we're doing here. Is this is my way of introduction. Hmm. What we're doing here is we are continuing an oral tradition that was begun by Dan Brown.
1: Well, it Let's was see, begun by the shadowy figures behind Plato. Yes. Or Homer. Homer. Yes. It was <laughs> begun by, by the shadowy figures who, I maybe Homer is an acronym. Yeah. like... <laughs> like
0: agents of Homer.
1: and then it was continued by dan brown and then now it's being and now it's us fulfilled yeah
0: by us that's a great way of putting it yes so i think so it's a difficult concept to explain i thought that would be a way in we here's the thing let me say this here's what it is it's remembering the da vinci code we are we are remembering the da vinci code
1: yes and we're qualified to do that because yeah, we've read it. We read it once uh yeah. 12 years ago. Longer than that, my friend. 2009. Oh yeah, maybe? no.
0: I it, yeah, that's about right.
1: 2009.
0: We Well, yeah, I read it. I actually read it. I read it in Rome. Okay, but you and you and I. So that was a, 2003
1: as a couple. Yeah. And as
0: a couple, we read it for a book, a Dan Brown book club in two thousand nine. So I've read it twice. I just realized that. Yeah. But
1: my and and we're and we're qualified to do this work. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. we've read all the Babysitters Club books.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's also true. Together, you and I have read all the Babysitters Club books.
1: So we have learned the incomprehensible art Mm -hmm. of remembering books,
0: critical analysis
1: of literature.
0: Yeah. What we're doing? Let me say. Let me start again. Let's start again. Okay. Let me throw this. The ages idea. of Homer. Yeah. No. No.
1: Not literally. They start don't again have with superheroes. Yeah. They sorry. They don't have superpowers, but they're sort of like yeah in the same like league as superheroes. Right. They like hang out with them, but they can't do much.
0: Right. Except enforce the law. Right. And that's what we are. Um. Let me throw this idea at you. Everybody.
1: Has read the Da Vinci Code. I think that is I think that is true. Yeah. Everybody's. Statistically, read it. I think that is yeah. true.
0: But nobody necessarily remembers it. No. I certainly don't. What are we gonna do about that? So that's a this is a problem that afflicts. 99% of the world's population, they've read the Da Vinci
1: Code, but they don't 100%, necessarily
0: 100 remember it, population. 100% of the world's population. And we're-
1: 7.8 billion
0: people have read yeah. the
1: Da Vinci Code.
0: Yeah. And we're going to solve that problem for 7.8 billion people. We're philanthropists. We're going to remember the Da Vinci Code for you. Yeah. Dear listener. Yeah. That's good. That's powerful. That makes me, I want to take a second and think about how powerful that makes me feel. And it's very. The impact we're
1: going to have on the the life of an average being, sentient yeah. being on this planet. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I guess I read the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. I don't remember much about it. Well, guess what? Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. Because we will. It. We're going to yeah. do it. Okay, this feels good. This feels good. It yeah. feels important. Yeah. I wasn't excited about this podcast. This is your idea. You pitched it to me. You sold it very hard.
0: Yeah, and I do want to say, and I normally wouldn't, because I do like to take credit for things, but it was your idea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) You've been the the flag bearer on this one. You you desperately wanted this to happen. I begrudgingly agreed to go along with it. It's
0: your show. I mean, that's also... In fairness, a uh, description of almost all of our creative collaborations.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's sort of my creative collaborations with everyone. You, it's your Someone idea. Someone has an idea there. Yeah, you have I have the an idea. idea. Someone else gets fired up about it, yeah. and then I do all the work. <laughs> well, we're doing the work,
0: and that's what they say. That is what they say, isn't it? When they say do the work, what they mean is,
1: remember the fucking Da Vinci code for people. Yeah. Do make a work. difference. Do the work. Try to have an impact on this yeah. world. Yeah. You only have to... one go-round on this yeah. this dang reality. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Try to make your mark, and this is how we make our mark. Yeah. We've toiled away for years at yeah. digital media, uh-huh. writing things that no one cared about. Nobody. Blip on the radar. Absolutely mm-hmm. no one remembers anything we've ever done. And now we're making our mark. We were middling podcasters at best Mm -hmm. finding some degree of success but never breaking through in a truly interesting way Mm -hmm. but all that changes today because we will be remembering the da vinci code yes
0: um and let's get started so the da vinci code is a book it's a code yes it's a code
1: well do you are you talking diegetically or non-diegetically
0: i didn't go to film school
1: okay diegetically means like within the text yes and non-diegetically means like right yes consumed now i remember by it. Yeah. the consumer so yeah it, it, when you say we're remembering the da vinci code do you mean the Re- book we're remembering the written book. by dan brown we have to remember both. the code right written by da vinci both okay yeah
0: let's start let's start simple i think i'm hoping that by the end of this will have remembered at least some of The Da Vinci Code. Okay. That's important for people.
1: If you just want a refresher, you're like... Yeah. I don't know if I'd describe my experience with The Da Vinci Code as enjoyable, but... It's hard to put it down. It is hard to put it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a page turner. Yeah. But I would like to remember a little bit about it, just yeah. in case it comes up. And I'm that's what we're going to trivia... do for you.
0: Between us, we've read it three times. hmm Three and I times.
1: Just, I, and I recently read the Wikipedia... I
0: I read it when it came out, and then I read it again because we had a
1: Dan Brown book club. Yeah, we called it uh, Ironic Book Club. Yeah, but we read all the books. What that meant was we read four books by Dan Brown. We read more than that. Did we? Yeah. We read his non-Da Vinci Code book.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what, my, briefly, before we move into remembering the Da Vinci Code, which is what people are here for, uh, my favorite Dan Brown book is Deception Point.
1: Deception Point is the that non book Da Vinci Code we book we read. Yeah, and then we read Angels and Demons, Da Vinci Code, and Lost Symbol, which at the time were all that were out.
0: Yeah, I, it was I, the book club was inspired by the fact that Lost Symbol had come out. I think mm-hmm. if I, if if my chronology is correct, don't hold.
1: And me we to it. did it at a bar in. Yeah,
0: we also went read Digital Fortress.
1: Oh right, we did read Digital Fortress. Jesus. <laughs> We read so many damn brown books for that book club. <laughs> yeah. And we hung out at a bar called Tropical One Twenty Eight. Yeah. In the In China or Manhattan. Town. Yep. And it was a shithole. But they they but would they give you a liter beers. They, what what was it called? A tower. A t- yeah, a tower. You so would get was, a
0: tower of blue moon. It was, was just like a giant
1: like <laughs> pitcher that was a liter tall or a, a meter tall. Yeah. And it had a little uh spigot at the bottom so you could pour yourself a beer off of it. And
0: every like f- five to six months, you would go to Tropical and it would be closed down because they were serving
1: underage people. Yeah, and it then would, it would it open up again for, a few months later. And it was <laughs> you could infamous go back. for serving high schoolers beer. And then okay. the other only other notable thing about Tropical one twenty eight that I do think we need to address right okay. at the top is yeah. that the bathrooms have uh, fish didn't in have them. walls, they, they just had fish, fish tanks. It really bummed
0: me out. Yeah,
1: so if you went to go pee, you fish next would next to watch a fish tank, and someone was on the other side and could watch you pee. And also the fish could watch you pee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is setting the scene, but it's also establishing our credentials.
1: Yeah. We're, I think the
0: two people, outside of Dan Brown himself, who maybe honestly doesn't have the objectivity to do this, were are right. the two people most equipped to remember the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Okay, come on. Let's get into the right mindset here. I think maybe if we start with some okay, characters. Okay, okay.
1: Here's here's the right mindset. It's 2009. Okay. I am yep. definitely wearing a hoodie. Okay. And over the hoodie, a sports coat.
0: Mm. That's awful. Yeah. Okay. And 2009.
1: Let's see. I'm watching a lot of Flight of the Concords mm-hmm. and The Office.
0: Yeah. I'm living in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. This is more setting the scene about uh, the Da Vinci Code and less I'm about just trying you. to
1: put myself back in that place, okay. you okay. know?
0: back in that heady space. Um, I wear jeans and a t-shirt and a um, track jacket, probably, still. Yeah. The
1: track yeah, jacket. Although, I don't anymore, think you really have anymore. the PETA track jacket anymore, do you? I still got it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's my, like, if it's cold out. Yeah. I still wear it pretty regularly. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Yes, not about us, about the book. Not Let's about, about us, book. about the
1: book. About book. Okay, so You're, we're Dan... in that space.
0: Pour yourself a blue moon. Listener, pour yeah. yourself a blue moon. Pour yourself a liter of blue moon. A meter. A meter <laughs> of, blue, of moon. blue moon. Sit back and yeah. prepare to remember the Da Vinci Code. Please. Tanner, I think what we should start with is characters. We know one, and it's Robert Langdon. Yes? That sounds right. Yeah, and he is a professor. Of symbology, symbology. yes.
1: Although I will say, reading the um, Wikipedia plot synopses... You're cheating. I didn't cheat. I didn't... I know, I know. Yeah. I misunderstood the premise of the podcast. Again, it's your podcast. (laughs) I'm a passenger as much as the listener is. Yeah. (laughs) I thought I was supposed to be the one who knew it and that you were the one guessing at it, but now I realize that we're both the one who... We're remembering it together. Yeah. So I read... I did read the Wikipedia recaps of these this Mm -hmm. evening, so I have... I have slightly more knowledge mm-hmm. than you. Great. But not much, to be honest. Um, so, the first four books, no, let me finish this. Oh, anecdote. sorry. Yeah, yeah. The first four books in the Wikipedia synopses, he's referred to as Robert Langdon's symbologist. Okay. Yeah. And then apparently, Dan Brown decided to correct it for the fifth book. Well, because
0: symbology is not a fucking thing.
1: <laughs> and now he's a symbolist.
0: Like he plays symbols in the band.
1: <laughs> he's like, "Sorry, I people keep thinking people that have he's a professor." People've been misunderstanding this for years. I'm a professor at Harvard <laughs> of symbols. <laughs> the instrument.
0: Isn't he a semi shouldn't he be a semiotician? That I guess that's always been my issue. like there is a word for
1: symbology and it's semiotics. <laughs> right. So you should be a semiologist but that's not, no 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 we're not correcting the da vinci code let's to know be clear. we're remembering, remembering the da vinci Code. It. okay robert langdon sounds right robert langdon symbologist and the book was written by dan brown by the way and that's something you yep. no that's
0: important to be true okay let's we gotta we we only have another about 40 minutes to get through this and oh, jesus i want to at least get through the first chapter right tonight um there's a Definitely a babe, right?
1: Well, first chapter of what, Jack? Because now we get into some some complex, like, chronology issues. Yeah. Because Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code was the first book published right. in the Robert Langdon.
0: Was it? I
1: think a- Angels and Demons came out before Da Vinci Code. Did it? I don't know. I thought it was a, a prequel written after The Da Vinci Code.
0: It's a, kind of okay to live in that uh the, that lack of knowledge, because what we're trying to do here is remember.
1: We are trying to remember. Right. Here's what I remember. The Da, yep. da Vinci Code was huge. Yeah, big. Cultural touchstone. Everyone mm-hmm. knew it. Everyone read it as we've established. Mm-hmm. And then Dan Brown was like, shit, this, this shit is like fire. Yeah. I need to do more with this except what am I supposed to do now? Like I kind of mm-hmm. blew my load with the um,
0: – Is that how the, he would say it? I don't think so.
1: Knights Templar. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go back mm-hmm. and do a smaller story, a more contained story, and that's Angels and Demons. Right. Right. So, my question for you is, are we starting cr- chronologically with Da Vinci Code or um, bookeology? We're starting
0: with Angels the first, with, in medias res. It, it, we're starting, think about this from the point of view of the ideal listener, which is all people who Ev- currently live who, on Everyone,
1: the because everyone read the Da Vinci Code. Not everyone they, read the Angels and not Demons. Not
0: everyone read Angels and Demons. Not everyone okay. read fucking Digital Fortress. But everybody... Not
1: part of the canon.
0: Okay. Not everyone read Inferno. Inferno. Not everyone read The Lost Symbol. Not everyone has read Origin yet.
1: In in fact, my research earlier this evening, trying to find recaps of all these books, very few people have read Origin. (laughs) From every indication.
0: I read a few chapters of it just to put myself back in the mind of Dan Brown before that's yeah. my that's the extent of my research as I read five chapters I want to put my cards on the table I read yeah. five chapters of Origin just to put myself back into the mindset of Dan Brown Right uh, I need to think how he thinks to be able to cuz I'm a forensic scientist here This yeah, is CSI yeah, yeah. this is You're Da Vinci Code CSI Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. going back into his head and reconstructing what he did
1: You're like Sherlock and I'm like Watson Yes I am just marvelled by you. Yes, you know, yeah, because I notice things that you can't even see, and I'm I'm like just like sitting there in like a stupor, like, oh, <laughs> sir, I can't believe you've done it again.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> this is so, a, a huge fantasy for you, isn't it?
0: Yeah, this is <laughs> that really <laughs> just really built me up in a way that's gonna gonna be good for the this project of ours because we yeah. have to do important work and i need to be at my peak
1: here so we've we got are burning langdon. minutes the minutes are no. ticking by we okay. got, definitely have to at least get into the book a little bit here's what i think we do i think here's
0: what i think happens in the da vinci code i think it's star- okay we went way too far by saying robert langdon scrub that from your minds too much listeners scrub that from your minds this book definitely begins with a dedication
1: yes Who's this book dedicated to? <sighs> Dedication is non-diegetic For my wife probably, right? Or mother. But Let's Dan just Brown say both. seems like Dan Brown seems like the kind of guy who would not say for my he like he's not sentimental, right? He's like a cold calculating man. <laughs> so I think he would say like for my Nora agent. Brown. You know, he would never address oh, his wife as. He wouldn't
0: his wife. say "my wife." He would say "for right. n- Nora Brown." And we're And do you remember this? I think what we're going to say is what we remember is once we've settled on it is canon here. So, yeah, do yeah. you remember that Dan's wife is Nora?
1: It's it, it's the first name that pops Short in my Fred head Eleanor. in a way that I think yeah, it's gotta be came from some deep recess yeah. of my mind. Okay, so
0: we've got the dedication. Now yeah. we're remembering the Da Vinci code people.
1: And this is how the this is the process.
0: For Nora Brown, without whom. And that and that's it. <laughs> I think you gotta you gotta end that sentence.
1: But oh, he it, is a writer. writer Dan writer.
0: Brown does like to end every sentence on a cliffhanger. Yeah. So it's like, without whom, if I hadn't fallen out of that helicopter.
1: Okay, now are we talking angels and demons again.
0: <laughs> Is that how the angels and demons begins? It's how it ends. Okay, let's try something lower. else. Let's try an adjective. The yeah. for Nora Brown
1: the what's a word for smart? Oh, he's gonna do some symbology shit, isn't he? In the he's dedication, gonna be like for Nora Brown the like cipher to my mm, like mm. riddle. Right, that's
0: I seem to remember that the cipher to my riddle. Is perfect, right? Yeah,
1: that's Dan Brown.
0: That's the answer. Okay, so we've got the dedication. We're all remembering this fucking book. Yeah, for Nora Brown, the cipher to my riddle. And now, guess what? Now we're in the book. And you know what we need? Um, uh, an epigraph. Okay,
1: we need an epigraph. I need a quote. <sighs> okay, let's think about this. N- uh, Newton. Yeah. If I remember correctly, Newton plays a big part in this book. Okay. That's news to me. But <laughs> I think Newton was the first Freemason. <laughs> and okay. I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> no, we are spoiling. This is what we're spoiling, the Da Vinci code. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. What I meant was I don't want to get this wrong. But yeah. I guess that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. I think Newton was the original Freemason, so it's definitely going to be a Newton quote. Shall I just Google an Isaac Newton quote? Ooh, you know what he would do? You know what Dan Brown would do? Yeah. In a really obnoxious way? Mm. He would be like subversive and like pop culture y in like a way that he thinks is very clever but is really dumb. Okay. And he would just say like, hello, Newton. And what he means is like Apple Newton, the original Apple computer. Okay. Cause like they had, they said like hello.
0: So he would, re- he would reference the original Apple Newton. Yeah. And that's the epigraph to this book. Are you sure that's what happened?
1: Maybe not. <sighs> I'm just trying to get in this guy's head. What would he have said? Something my about my memory Newton. is so hazy. Shall I can I Google or is that cheating? I think that might be cheating cuz we're I think if you if you google it in a way that you're not going to get if you google it in a way that it removes damn brown context entirely. Like New, best Newton quotes. Best Newton quotes. Yeah. Okay. All
0: right, if that's allowed, that's allowed. Best Newton quotes.
1: I think it's like it's like an attorney. You can't ask leading questions, you know.
0: Okay, what about this? I can calculate the motion of heavenly bodies, but not the madness of people. That's
1: perfect. But like, I guarantee you, that is the epigraph. (laughs) That's the epigraph for the Da Vinci Code. (laughs) I guarantee you, one hundred percent.
0: Because we're we're following in his footsteps. That's what Dan Brown did. Yeah, he googled Newton quotes.
1: Almost definitely. And he saw
0: Hello, Newton. He discarded it. He saw that Madness one, and he thought about it. He was like, mm, "Is that clever?" <laughs> and he's like, mm, "Not as clever." Okay, so now we're fucking cooking. And so what I'm realizing, and th- I learned this from um, my my brief foray into um, Origin, the yeah. the latest the, Robert the Langdon fifth.
1: book.
0: Yeah, and I am certain based on my foray into origin that this has also happened in the da vinci code we don't start with robert langdon in his like tweed coat tweedily sitting in a fucking harvard
1: bookshelf because that would be very indiana jones and i feel like that is what dan brown's that's
0: chapter chapter one what we have is a prologue that's like Bad guy in streets.
1: Uh, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Bad gonna guy be um, hurried in the in the rain to like fucking
1: do some Templar esque mission. Here's what I'm realizing, and it's surprising. Some of my memory of the Da Vinci Code is tied up with the film. Mm.
0: I haven't which seen the I film.
1: Definitely watched.
0: Cast that from your brain. We well, cannot. I'm, I'm,
1: I have a lot of trouble doing that because what I do remember is that the Bad guy mm-hmm. is a bad priest mm-hmm. who's albino. Yeah, and he's played by Paul Bettany. Okay, perfect. who was also in a film called Priest, I think, mm. around the same year. Okay, yeah,
0: which was ruled.
1: Yeah. So now all I'm pr- uh, all I can help but think about is like a the cyber- superhero priest. Yeah, priest who <laughs> okay. like fights vampires in the yeah. desert outside of like mega cities, guys. Please watch Priest. So I think maybe that's the <laughs> prologue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you sure? No. And again, no. Not sure. So, but we're agreed But it's where my head goes. That
0: it's a priest with albinism. Yeah. Who whips himself.
1: With Cat on Nine Tails. And I remember that very distinctly. Yep. Okay. What's Anytime his Anytime he thinks he sins.
0: What's his name? That <sighs> we need to know. Because that's how it's going to start. It's going to start with his name. Name walked adverbally through the adjective rain, muttering blank to himself. It's something dumb. Okay. we Let's hone in a little bit. It's one name. It's one name. B- Biz- Bismarck.
1: No, I know we just talked about this, so I know it's yeah. not right. Yeah. But I think his name is Cipher, <laughs> like the character from the Matrix. <laughs> okay, and so, would that be Dan Brown? Yeah, to be like, look, this guy's named after like a puzzle thing. Yeah, Cipher is that not exciting enough? I just think that is. I like Cipher. I think his name is literally Cipher.
0: Okay, it's Cipher, man. That's good. This is what this is how oral history happens.
1: It's not funny, but I think it's literally his name. Cypher. Okay. Cypher. And we can try to come up with a funnier name. His name is Poop Bud. No, I don't need a funnier name.
0: I want want accuracy here. I'm trying to be super accurate with this.
1: Okay. I think his name is Cypher.
0: Cypher walked hurriedly. To? to Walk through. We need to say what kind of rain it is.
1: Uh, Okay.
0: Driving. Driving rain seems fine. Cypher walked hurriedly through the driving rain, which was like, what was it like? Uh, A something Doing something to something
1: Cypher walked hurriedly through the driving rain Which was like Punishment
0: Ah yes that's good
1: From God Mm. Perfect Which he liked But Yeah Not Enough Enough (laughs) Because he needed to go home to flog himself
0: To himself. To flog himself He was headed home to flog himself He was headed home to flog himself who was this guy? He is, and tell me if you think this is right. He's part of an ancient sect. That sounds right. Yeah.
1: That sounds right.
0: He's a keeper of a ancient truth.
1: Ancient secret.
0: A secret. That's better. An ancient secret about the Knights Templar. We don't want to reveal that this early. Here's,
1: here, here we go. Mm-hmm. Cypher was walking home in the driving rain mm-hmm. in yeah. Rome. V- oh, there we go. So
0: now I'm going to fucking um, push back on a little bit. In Trastevere.
1: That's good. You give, <laughs> you give a little bit more context. You give a little, a little bit little more color.
0: A little bit more color.
1: So then we can say, what were we saying? He's part of a sect. A sect. Yeah, in Rome. Yes. And they're keeping the secret bad. unclear. Yes. Until mm-hmm. you learn that he whips himself with a cane that's got glass on the ends.
0: He's looking around
1: hauntedly. Yes. At um statues. It's dark. Religious symbology. Yes.
0: And then he whips himself and then I think his cell phone
1: rings. Uh, yeah, 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 his blackberry. His blackberry ring. Because it's 2009. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <burr>. hello <laughs> Hello, I'm whipping myself. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Let me finish whipping myself. <clears throat> <clears throat> you can talk. <laughs> I'm listening.
0: And it's the director of the Knights Templar.
1: Yeah, I think the Knights Templar are the good guys.
0: Oh, what's the bad think-
1: guys? No, no. What is it? I don't know, but it's not the Knights Templar. Okay, I think the Knights Templar are the good guys. Listen, we can't. There's
0: no I don't know in this podcast. We're remembering. What's the opposite
1: of Knight Templar? Because I mean, like, if we're going with the Assassin's Creed mythology, the opposite, <laughs> the opposite of the Knights Templar is the Assassins. Then it's the Assassins. Okay, but that that's mixing a lot of mythologies together. Oh what, unlike Dan Brown. <laughs> I am certain and I don't want to spoil it, yeah. but I am certain that the Night Templar are the good guys.
0: Okay, then it's the Assassin.
1: Okay. H- Hello.
0: It's the guy from the Assassins.
1: Um I all I can come up with is Rajal Ghoul, which is <laughs> the head of the assassins in the batman universe but i know that's not right okay well we can't have things that we know are not right okay and
0: my name is dave john assassin As- I- oh and you know what definitely happens here 100 percent. can i say this yeah uh there's a digression where um dan brown explains what like hash hasheen means and it's like about hashish and like like how
1: assassins smoked hashish and to like to get into like the kill state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and how the um Cypher So it's probably like Weed Lord like, four twenty. Hell yeah. <laughs> Cypher uses the cat and tails to like achieve that state, like that state of like mm. bliss. He doesn't
0: need hashish.
1: Right. Okay. What's his name? Dave? Dave doesn't sound right. No, I think it's it's something. If so, what if I if I remember correctly, it's like an older gentleman. And I don't. I hate to do spoilers because we're just trying to get through the fucking prologue. Yeah, but yeah, the bad guy in the book turns out to be the old, wizened academic professor whom Robert Langdon trusts. Okay, but we're
0: not learning that now.
1: No, but I know. But we do need to come up with like an old wizened English professor name. So his name is like Professor Sir. Professor, Sir, Lord, um, Mountbank. Mountbank sounds right, but he's not going to say his
0: name because we don't we don't know. He's going to have a the director. The director.
1: It's the director. This is the director. Yeah. What's a more religious version of the director? The uh, curate. The curate's pretty good. The more Italian.
0: The uh, principe.
1: Principe is very good. <laughs>
0: okay. Yes. <laughs> this is the Principe. Stop whipping yourself and uh, it, and then so now we need a cliffhanger to to go into the first chapter. Stop whipping yourself. It's time. The seal has been broken.
1: Yes. And then the guy cocks a gun. Yeah. A big gun. Yeah, and it's Shotgun. huge.
0: Okay, good. All right, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll do chapter 1.
1: Jesus. This is taking much longer than I expected (laughs) It's a long book Yeah
0: I realized we missed something in the um, Prologue Okay I think that the air needs to smell vaguely of something
1: Uh, Okay (laughs) Like sulfur Go to options Sulfur is good
0: Sweat is perfect
1: um, sulfurous sweat. Is that too? What's the much? um? When the Pope dies, yeah. And I know that's angels and demons, and don't come after me. Yeah. What do they shoot up the shim- The chimney. I think it's sweat. <laughs> 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 okay. It's like a color. Is it? Do we decide that it's raining smoke? It just it's be raining. Like, what it's do you call driving that? Rain. Like nitrite or something? Like the the. St- the stink that comes with rain. I think. Can we just say the air?
0: The air smells vaguely
1: of the stink that comes with rain. That's not bad. I live in Connecticut now, and we yeah. have a lot of robins. It's our state bird. And when it rains, worms mm-hmm. come out of the ground, and robins come out and eat them. So maybe it could be like the air smelled vaguely of worms. or <laughs> Okay, I'll go with worms. Yeah.
0: The air I smelled they vaguely.
1: Have earthworms and.
0: Yeah, no, they do. I've been there. I can confirm it. Yeah. Okay. Of worms. I once stayed in a Airbnb in Rome and there were scorpions in it.
1: Uh, by design? That was like part of the appeal?
0: <laughs> no, it was part of the detraction of
1: my pleasure and being there. I once stayed in Rome for about six hours. Yeah, that's nothing. Because I um, took a train there and someone stole my wallet and passport.
0: Okay, that's nothing
1: for us. So now I have a lifelong grudge against Rome. Rome. Okay. Perfect. Um, I had to go to the consulate. Okay. Get an emergency passport printed that sucks. so that I could take a train back to Germany.
0: I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Where my aunt and uncle lived.
0: Yeah. Chapter one. Chapter one. Robert Langdon. And now I'm on and firm ground. And that's
1: something, and sorry, we can't, that is something we both have. Intimate knowledge of. The character's name is Robert Langdon. Yeah. We're right about this. Mm -hmm. This is like, there
0: are places where like the rubber meets the road with oral history, which is what we're doing. And like some of those places, it's like every version of this that you read, every version of Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code that you read, it's going to be Robert Langdon.
1: Or watch. Yeah.
0: Or watch. some of us have. Yeah. Some of us have watched it. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure for Homer, H O M E R, it was the same thing. It's always a right, It's always, H-O-M-E-R. yeah, a fucking Achilles. You know? Yeah. Okay.
1: symbologist
0: Robert Langdon was. We don't need to do sentence by sentence by sentence, but we need to know where he is. It's a bookshelf. I think he's sitting in a bookshelf. On a in he's sitting a, in a bookshelf in yeah. Harvard. Yes. One of the and it's not any bookshelf. It's like one of the smartest bookshelves.
1: Yes, that they have it's sitting in the in the um what do you call it like ancient ancient text literature shelf yeah at Harvard University in yeah. Cambridge Massachusetts which
0: is and for people who don't know one of the smartest universities we should say oh
1: <laughs> and that it says that right in the text just in yeah. case you don't know yeah. Because there's a lot of, you know, 7.8 billion people reading this. A lot of these aren't yeah. Americans. No, they don't know necessarily. A lot of them need context. It's
0: one of the smartest places.
1: It's one of the smartest places in the world and also technically um, predates the pyramids. Yeah. And it predates the
0: pyramids. And But that's not why he's there. He is a professor there. He's a professor no. there because he loves to um, profess.
1: He loves challenging youth. Yeah. Yeah. With radical ideas.
0: Yeah, with radical ideas. What's he wearing, Jack? Tweed. Tweed
1: shoulder patches. But let's get
0: better about this because I think.
1: Tweed coat and he has shoulder patches.
0: I think a thing that I've learned from the five chapters of Origin that I read in preparation of this, trying to get inside Dan Brown's mind, is we need kind of need like specifics. You can't just say tweet. So it's a Harris tweed.
1: Harris tweed. Yeah. He's got a Harris tweed
0: jacket, but. Listen, I know, I don't want to be normative here, but that cannot be the only thing you're wearing, especially if you're a professor at a university. Elbow
1: patches, not shoulder patches. There's, it does have shoulder pads, though. It's very like <laughs> okay, yeah. It makes him look more masculine. I I
0: recently, and by recently I mean like five years ago, rewatched the X Files, and like I loved it, but I literally could not look away from Scully's shoulder pads the entire time. <laughs>
1: yeah it's not a good look (laughs) it's just like
0: hard to avoid
1: i remember when i got my first suit it had shoulder pads and i was just like man i feel powerful in this
0: powerful okay well this is like robert langdon okay so but he doesn't need shoulder pads because he's i this is another thing i think oh it's coach shabby it's shabby it's
1: shabby right okay it would be because he's too wrapped up in his work yeah to go out and buy a new coat. Yes. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's a Harris tweed, but it. I again, I don't want to push this too hard, but if that's the only thing he's wearing, it's like... Tastefully shabby. But it's still
1: problematic. It's got a swastikaran band on Can it. Can you imagine if you were is like a student
0: at Harvard and you walked into a bookshelf and a professor is sitting there and he's only wearing a tweed coat?
1: Oh, 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 Okay. He's got to have pants. You want to describe his whole outfit? I think so. I think Dan Brown did. Okay. Robert Langdon Jeez. was
0: sitting intelligently on the smartest bookshelf in, in a Cambridge, Harvard. Massachusetts.
1: Yeah. And then in parentheses.
0: Yeah. That's where Harvard is. That's
1: where Harvard is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was wearing-, He's wearing a tastefully shabby tweed coat with. Elbow patches and shoulder pads. Yeah, but that's tight, not all. Tight, tight. Yeah, dungaree jeans. Okay, the kind with the little um, strap where you put a hammer if you're like a carpenter. Okay. Yes. Oshkosh. Boot cut. Hmm. To accommodate. Yeah. The bulge. Well, his boots. <laughs> Sorry, we don't hugs, mention the bulge. It's implied. It's like 2009. Yeah. So they're gonna be Uggs.
0: He's wearing Uggs. Yeah. Yeah. You're and sure this is in the book? Yeah. Okay. No shirt. And he doesn't have a shirt. Okay. And you know why? And so this is something I learned also from Origin. And he's partially balding. He's partially balding, but he's but also like swall. Works. He's swall. Yeah, yeah. And so this is brings me to my next question. We're gonna have to fit it into, I think, pro- certainly the first chapter. Like he's a symbologist and he's wrapped up in his studies, but he's also very athletic and we need to fit in his workout regimen.
1: Squash. Squash is right. Gotta be, right? It's from for squash. A, for like an academic?
0: Yeah. His shoulders plays... are swollen from squash. <laughs>
1: yeah. That sounds right. That yeah. genuinely sounds right. That mm-hmm. genuinely sounds something that like yeah. something Dan Brown. I'm worried like.
0: that we're now describing Dan Brown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could be a, an issue but yeah okay his shoulders tattoos? are swole from squash say what any tattoo visible tattoos I don't think so unless there's a symbology probably some tattoo. symbology shit right
0: yeah like the the like pyramid. the Gordian knot I think it's the pyramid that's on the um, dollar
1: bill <laughs> like Illuminati symbol yeah yeah, that's and then
0: right. there's like there's like a pretty long amount of time that's like explaining that in a way that you would explain it to someone who's like never seen money.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> and you know, know what's crazy? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah, <laughs> it's above. It's on his left peck. It's on his left peck,
0: just above his nipple, and it's like. It's pretty swallow over there, too. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so that's Robert Langdon, and what's he doing? Here's the thing is like you expect him to be doing some academic shit, but he's yeah. like playing Tetris, right? <laughs> he's like, oh, his his nose is buried in a book about like the fall of the Roman Empire. Yeah. But like the camera turns and we discover that he's playing tetris on a game boy what because he's like with it yeah okay does that seem right i think or he maybe needs he's to... doing like a cryptogram you know What's like this? yeah something smart he's solving he's doing like... like a yeah, yeah yeah what are those
0: puzzles that like my mom does them there are puzzles in the like in the newspaper it's not crosswords but it's like it's like Sudoku. you have fill in a bunch of words, and then like you like you take the first letter of each word, and it spells. Oh it yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know what those are called. Okay, he's doing that. Yeah, he's doing that. He's doing that. Or he's it's doing like, those like fucking terrible British crosswords where it's like that's too smart. You solve a puzzle. That's too smart. That's too smart. I okay. think it's a cryptic crossword.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can do them.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I open the I open the door and. Sure enough, you you walked right <laughs> Stuck through. Stuck my foot right into it. <laughs> um, I
0: maybe he's doing a cryptic. He, let's do that. Let's do it. Let's let's cuz I think this is where Dan Brown and I have something in common. I'm going to channel that. The camera zooms in. You think he's going to be like reading one of his dumb boring books, but actually he's doing a crossword and you're like, "Oh, he's just doing a crossword. Why is this guy wasting our time?" And then it's like, "No, it's not just any crossword. It's a cryptic." Because he loves to solve puzzles, it's a Can cryptic puzzle. Can I take a step crossword. back?
1: Yeah. Okay. And I, I am now conflating another book that we read for another book club that we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Reacher. Mm-hmm. Is there anything Im- implicitly sexual about Robert Langdon? Is he, is he supposed to read as like a, a potent, like masculine man? Because I think he's the he's professor like, you want to fuck. Maybe what he's doing is, like, sexting an undergrad. Okay, that might be, like... I think that's, like, saying the quiet part loud. Okay. Like, yes,
0: he like he is. This is, like, diegetic. Right. Like, yes,
1: of course that's what he's doing, but, like, not necessarily what's... Maybe you catch... Maybe what you do is, like, he's, like... He's, from the front <laughs> angle, he's reading The Fall of the Roman Empire. Yeah. Swerves around, and he's just finishing sending a text to someone right. called, like... Like Darcy, yeah, something, something youthful, yeah, (laughs) and it seems spicy, yeah. But you just catch like two frames of it as he's setting it down to finish his Sudoku. His not Sudoku. It's cryptic, cryptic. cryptic It's the crossword.
0: It's it's the. I was going to say the Guardian, but that's maybe too progressive. It's probably the Telegraph.
1: Yeah, he's he's got the Telegraph's
0: cryptic crossword puzzle up.
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Okay, that seems right. Maybe it's the independent. I don't know. Don't worry about it. We Which don't. Which is need the
0: most conservative that. one? I think the Telegraph's the bad one. I mean, conservative one. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> He's liberal.
0: Them. He's like he like he like voted for Bloomberg, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then eventually like Andrew Yang.
0: Yeah. yeah, he wrote in Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Yeah. We we're going to hone in on him. Okay. Yeah, we're
1: honing in on this character.
0: Okay, and then his Blackberry definitely rings, right? This was in the book. Now.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Robert, it's the president of CERN. Yes. Yes, <laughs> and the whole book takes place at CERN. I forgot this.
0: <laughs> it's the president of CERN in Switzerland. You may know what and he's like, "What?" He's like, "I'm super smart and know all sorts of things, but like, for the purpose of this book, I don't know what CERN is, so can you explain it to me?" And the president of yeah. CERN is like, "Oh, we're like doing a super collider." And Switzerland. We've got a super
1: collider. It's in Switzerland. Yeah. It jams particles together so hard that it creates antimatter. Yes. I distinctly remember antimatter. Yes. <laughs> being part of this equation. Yes. So what we've done is we've jammed particles together so hard that it creates antimatter, and we have capsules of antimatter. Yeah. The function of which is unclear. But we've got them. We've got them. And what they can do, though, is become a bioweapon that makes everyone sterile, (laughs) and that might be another book. For religious reasons. For religious reasons, it makes everyone sterile. That yeah. might be another book. Okay. That might be Angels and Demons again.
0: Okay, well, let's not get too hung up on
1: that aspect of it. But it, This it's is just definitely... all on the call. This is this is diegetic. This, this is, is all on the call. Yeah. yeah okay. This is what yeah. the CERN scientists is saying. Robert Langdon
0: says, why are you calling me a lowly symbologist? Right.
1: Right? At Harvard University. At Harvard. Some school in Massachusetts. Then he gets flattered by the guy. Well, Um, you're the only
0: one who knows X, Y, and Z thing. Secrets of Da Vinci. Someone
1: in our laboratory died. Yeah, horribly. Yes, and was branded or tattooed. Yes,
0: definitely, they were branded or tattooed
1: with a word.
0: Yes, and it's a symbol, and it's 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 just a word that it's spelt backwards. It's (laughs) It's a <laughs> Illuminati, it but it's spelled down. backwards.
1: <laughs> it looks the same upside down as it does right side up. And again, that might be angels and demons.
0: No, this is for Da Vinci code. I think that somebody is branded and they, they dropped them in the Louvre. So the president of CERN is like, hey, yeah. one of our best scientists was branded with the word. Of, well, the, he doesn't know this. So what's right. a, say? What, say well, what's Illuminati a word. spelled backwards? Hang on. I'm going to I'm going to write it out. And this isn't cheating. In somebody was branded on their chest, it said itani muli.
1: <laughs> and we need the, the world's foremost symbologist to come and and we don't know
0: what it is. Coat. And they
1: dropped them in the lo- in the Louvre, in the Louvre, yeah, yeah, yeah. That and right.
0: and then there is a digression there, definitely where um Robert Langdon is like, the Louvre is a pyramid, just like the pyramid on the fucking dollar bill, and like, isn't that interesting? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> and didn't I just blow your mind, listener? Even though you read the Da Vinci Code, and you just had your I've fucking been. mind blown. I've been. Yeah. Should the Louvre? I am pay.
1: Huh? I am pay. I am pay.
0: I am pay. They de- de- designed the Louvre. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's described in this chapter, <laughs> and that's in this book too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's a Freemason. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Cuz
0: why would you do it in the same shape? It's the pyramid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I need you you're the only one who can figure out well, who carved this like weird backwards shit Me? gut. No, uh Robert.
1: Oh, we're diegetic again. Okay. Yeah. That's I think it, just to be clear, let's yeah. let's just be explicit about when we're being diegetic, when we're being non-diegetic. Okay. This is diegetic.
0: Okay. I'm the only one I'm paraphrasing. This is non-diegetic. Okay. I'm the only one who knows... No, sorry. You're the only one,
1: Robert. And this who, is non-diegetic? Because my name's Tanner. It is diegetic. Okay.
0: You're the only one, Robert, who knows... Who can figure out what this crazy fucking word means. Right. Right? Okay.
1: It's carved into a man's flesh.
0: Yeah, and it's bad, and it's in the he's loo. dead. And also, they stole our antimatter. <laughs> and our antimatter is missing. We're not sure if it's connected, but it probably,
1: right? Are we talking about angels and demons?
0: No, definitely not. No, no, no. It's in the loop. Are Lula you room.
1: certain? We're not talking about angels and demons. And then and it's I da, think da Vinci the it's related to Da Vinci. Is angels and demons? Okay. Well, do you want to take it out? Well, no, I think what we're doing is an authentic recreation of the da vinci code to the best of yeah. our memory we'll make it work and it's not our fault that dan brown wrote four other books
0: that are so much the same
1: yeah <laughs> so if a little of that leaks in it's just it's you know what that's called it's called like foreshadowing it's called and it's foreshadowing. a literary tool and
0: dan brown is very good at it yeah okay and then we
1: absolutely certain we are talking about angels and demons okay the CERN stuff, the antimatter stuff. Okay, well, he doesn't have to be from CERN. He's from the Art Institute of Chicago. That's good. Yeah, he's from the Art Institute of Switzerland, Firenze, Firenze. Yeah.
0: Okay, there it is. Okay, for, drop the CERN stuff. That was wrong. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's his name? Something Italian. Antonio Bellissimo. Bellissimo. Antonio Bellissimo. Hey, it's Antonio Bellissimo. I am the president, il presidente of the Art Institute of Firenze. Somebody stole our antimatter, and they carved a weird
1: word that I don't know what it is. Well, you know what? To their credit, into a guy and put it in their loop. It's in English. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The word. Yeah. So I don't blame them for not understanding it can you
0: and you're the world's foremost symbologist. Me? Robert, it's diegetic.
1: Okay. Have to be careful with this. Yeah. Okay, I will fly out to Firenze. Mhm. Uh-huh. Um, I would think the Louvre is
0: in the, in Paris is where you should go because that's where the body was.
1: No, that's not till the end of the book. Really? He doesn't go to the Louvre? He okay. goes to the Louvre at the very end of the book. Okay,
0: let's go. Come to Firenze and talk to me about it. Okay. Here I am yeah
1: um it says illuminati what you've already figured it out it's just in plain english
0: that feels a little early for chapter one
1: i'm pretty sure (laughs) it's in chapter one okay so you're here wait wait, you just figured it out over the blackberry no 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 sorry what i had to do first is meet up with a colleague of mine amelie that's got to take a chapter and she's a babe right She's a uh yeah, I guess there's a whole chapter describe her, oh sure, and it's like men writing women kind of stuff right where it's like her clitoris was bulging out of her <laughs> Lane Bryant, are you slats. sure that was a man who wrote that? <laughs> you didn't yeah. read that from a book by women for women. <laughs> I guess maybe if it mentioned the clitoris, it would probably not be a <laughs> Okay, good. All right.
0: So what's her name? Lane Bryant. So Lane Bryant, yeah. He um, he flies to Firenze, and he meets with Lane Bryant. Her clitoris is bulging out of her Lane Bryant slacks.
1: Slacks, yeah, which she designed because she's also a fashion designer. Yeah. As is everyone in Milan, which is where yeah. we are. Okay, not Florence, which is what Firenze is.
0: <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Okay, as is, is everyone in M- Milan, and I think okay, and and she's what is she?
1: She's a pr- woman. Hot, hot woman, a woman,
0: yeah, yeah, and those those are her credentials. Full stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Milanese woman. Yeah. Okay. That's well, I good. think
1: she's French.
0: She's French. Okay.
1: Which is why they go to the Louvre eventually.
0: Okay, but not yet. And she's Amelie. And it's Amelie in the movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we've flown to Milan.
1: We flew to Firenze. Firenze. But then we found our way to Milan. It's not. Okay. Um, Italy's not a big country.
0: Okay. I'm a big professor of symbology. Let's talk about symbology. She's also a
1: symbologist. Yes. That I I now
0: am remembering that. Yeah.
1: Everyone in Milan is a fashion designer. Yeah, except That's red. Lane Take Bryan. that as red.
0: Except Lane Bryant, who is a symbologist.
1: Except Lane Bryant, who's also a, symbolo- a symbologist. <laughs>
0: okay. Hey, says Robert Langdon, somebody carved a Illuminati in this guy's chest, mm-hmm. and you're the only one who can help me figure out why. Mm-hmm. Right? hmm And then we need, I think we have to go in about five minutes, but I think we need a brief flashback, and then we'll... Gotta
1: be a flashback.
0: End with a cliffhanger.
1: The question is whether the flashback is to Robert Langdon's youth, Lane Bryant's youth, or the I think violent it's Lane. scene where the man had Illuminati carved into his chest.
0: He's gone. We're not... Oh, yeah. No, I think it's... Well, what do you think it is?
1: Well, so here's the thing. Is like It could be like a... Um, CSI thing where it's like Robert Langdon is like looking around the room and in just doing that, he's Mm -hmm. able to kind of piece together the clues and like imagine and speak out loud the moment of the crime where the man was killed and Illuminati carved into his chest. Okay, let's have that. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, so here we are. It's, we're in Rome. Mm Mm-hmm. We've traveled again. We, had yeah. to, we flew into Frenza because the prices were cheap. It's cheaper, yeah. Airfare was way cheaper to fly into Florence. And then we took the train down to Milan to meet up with Lane Bryant. Uh-huh. And then we took the train to Back Rome. to Rome, yeah. yeah. And we're at the crime scene. We see the man who was stabbed and carved um, Illuminati into his chest. They moved
0: him from the Louvre
1: and he Robert Langdon has a flashback and he says okay what I'm picking up on is that there was a man here who was bleeding mm-hmm. out of his back
0: right and then we see it
1: this is back blood <laughs> okay right Yes, and it's not the man the Illuminati guy's blood someone else's blood and it's back blood
0: okay from whipping maybe from the whipping. we don't know we can't we tell. don't know
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, so the plot, and that is that the cliffhanger? I think so. Okay.
1: Normally, is there more flashbacks.
0: Normally, I would say, just based on my memory of Dan Brown, that you should end a chapter with somebody falling out of a helicopter. But this is just chapter one. Maybe they fall into a canal. This is back, back blood, said Robert Langdon. He sees
1: it in the water.
0: I need an advert. because it's all canals. In Italy. Insightfully. And then they fall into a canal. Right, because it's all canals. It's Venice,
1: guys. This is Venice. This is Venice. Venice is all canals. Yeah. So he sees the blood floating in the water. Yeah. (laughs) Intelligently. (laughs) Yeah. And then pieces it all together.
0: Good. Okay. And now it's a fucking mystery. Who did it? Do they kiss?
1: Not yet. Not yet. Not yet not chapter 1. Yeah. I mean, I think weirdly I do think we covered a lot of ground tonight. Yeah. No, definitely. Um there's obviously a lot more work to do. Yeah. This is chapter 1 of book 1. Yeah. of the Robert Langdon.
0: And there are series. like looking at origin there are like 800 chapters. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. shocking how many chapters there are.
1: Yeah. Yeah, But that's everything I remember from The Da Vinci Code mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of Angels and Demons is is mixed in there as well. No, I mean, it's the same guy. A lot of Jack Reacher is mixed in there as yeah. well. So a lot of this stuff is going to be tainted by, you know, just, just sort of the reading habits of a 38-year-old man. Yeah. I hope, guys, I hope this helps. Probably some Stephen King in there.
0: We're doing a service here and I hope this is helpful. That's what I want to say primarily. We
1: are here to help you remember what the Da Vinci Code was about and w- the way we're approaching it is two men, yeah, who have read the Da Vinci Code some uh, some years of us ago.
0: more than once. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're just like you. Yeah.
0: Except we're remembering we it.
1: doing we're doing the work so you don't have to. Yeah. And are we heroes? Yeah. Yes.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Should you give us money? Yes. For this hard work, for this emotional labor. Yes. Yes. Jack will send you our Zell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> email code. Yep. <clears throat> so you can just direct pay D- us. Direct
0: deposit into our bank accounts.
1: Yep. And we'll s- split the proceeds. Jack will get a little bit more because he does that at the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this has
0: been Remembering the Da Vinci Code. We did remember the Da Vinci Code, Chapter, chapter 1. one. Um, yeah. Well, and the, and the um, prologue. And the prologue. Um, we're going to keep hacking away at this, hopefully. Um, and um, in the meantime, I think all that remains is for me to say my name, and it's been Jack Shepard.
1: My name is Renat Gnirnig.
0: What? devilish symbology is that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Crack my code, intrepid (laughs) symbologists, and you shall win a prize. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and the prize is immortality.
0: The prize is immortality. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) And now, the first chapters of The Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown Dedication For Nora Brown, the cipher to my riddle. Epigraph I can calculate the motion of heavenly bodies, but not the madness of people. Sir Isaac Newton Prologue. As the sun set behind the timeless dome of St. Peter's Basilica, Cypher walked hurriedly through the driving rain in Trastevere, shielding his eyes against the rain, which was driving. The air smelled vaguely of earthworms. Ironically, this feels like a punishment from God, which I like, thought Cipher, chuckling wryly to himself. But it's not enough. Later I will go home and flagellate myself with a glass-tipped 9 tail. To a casual observer, the hunched figure might seem like an ordinary Italiano, hurrying home from work to get out of the driving downpour. But Cypher was anything but ordinary. Unless you consider a member of an ancient sect and a keeper of an ancient secret about the Knights Templar to be ordinary. These statues are full of religious symbology that no one else can even see, thought Cypher to himself, knowingly. Casting his eyes around huntedly, he sheltered beneath an overhanging statue, Pulled a large whip from his belt and began flagellating himself, wincing as the blood ran in rivulets down his back. This is something he actually likes to do. Just then, his phone began to ring.
1: Hello, Moto. The
0: Principe is calling early today, thought Cypher as he pressed talk on the handset. Hello? I'm whipping myself, he said into his state-of-the-art Motorola Razor flip phone. Cypher was one of the few people who knew that the Principe was not what he seemed to his friends and colleagues. Cypher knew that the Principe was in fact the director of a mysterious group called the Assassins, who had been affecting world events since the Middle Ages, when they lived in Syria and went by the name Hashishin, because they smoked hashish to get into the mood for killing which doesn't totally make sense, but we're going to roll with it. Stop whipping yourself. It's time, barked the Principe. The seal has been broken. Cypher cocked his big shotgun and set back out into the driving rain. Chapter One Prestigious symbologist Robert Langdon was sitting intelligently in a bookshelf for ancient and impressive books in Cambridge, Massachusetts. That's where Harvard is, Harvard University, which is one of the smartest universities, in case you don't know. It's actually one of the smartest places in the world, and also, technically, it predates the pyramids. I've been an eminent lecturer here for more than a decade thought Langdon sardonically to himself as he thumbed perspicaciously through a large tome about the arcane symbols that predicted the fall of the Roman Empire. But I'm not here for the prestige. I'm here because I love to profess, and because I love challenging youth with radical ideas. Dressed unassumingly in a tastefully shabby Harris tweed bodysuit with elbow patches and shoulder pads that make him look even more masculine, Langdon's vivacious mind has been hard at work on three problems simultaneously. The complicated religious and mystical symbology of the late Roman Empire, the Daily Telegraph's fiendishly difficult Sunday word search, and a spicy text he's been composing to an undergrad named Darcy. To look at my reserved academic demeanor, you wouldn't know that just this morning I'd been engaged in a particularly vigorous and athletic game of squash, he thought caustically to himself. Or that I have a tattoo of a pyramid on my left pectoral, just above the nipple. Much like Robert Langdon himself, there's a lot more to the pyramid than meets the casual eye. Most Americans would be surprised to learn, for instance that they spend their days with multiple pyramid totems folded inside their pockets. But then, most Americans have never taken the time to look closely at the $1 bill, which has a secret pyramid hidden on the back for those who know how to look for it. And yes, it's from the Illuminati. Just then, Langdon's state-of-the-art Nokia 3310, with Snake 2 pre-installed, began to buzz, shaking him out of his reverie. Langdon here. Mr. Langdon. It's Antonio Bellissimo, the president of CERN, a laboratory in Switzerland that does super colliders. Someone in our laboratory died horribly and was branded or tattooed with a symbol that's completely impossible for us to decipher. It looks like it says, Itani Morli," but that's not a word in any language I can find, and I know quite a lot of them. After the horrific branding, the scientist's body was dropped in the Louvre. We need the world's foremost symbologist to help figure it out. Normally, Langdon would love nothing more at this point than to talk about one of his favorite subjects, the aforementioned pyramids. Most people don't know that the designer of the Louvre, I.M. Pei, cleverly hid a pyramid-like structure deep inside his blueprints for the museum, and that pyramids are from the Illuminati. But this didn't feel like the time for such an abstruse and esoteric digression. His interlocutor seemed quite agitated. "'I'll be right there,' intoned Langdon grimly. "'Is there anything else I should know?' "'Yes, they stole our antimatter. Please hurry!' As Robert Langdon stepped off the plane in Firenze Airport, he was met by a supple brunette with breasts. Her clitoris was bulging tastefully out of her Lane Bryant slacks. Welcome, Mr. Langdon. I am Amalie Bryant, a woman who is also a symbologist. Allow me to show you the body. A vision of the unfortunate man's last moments flashed across Langdon's brain. He must have crawled all the way across the Louvre after his assailant carved the mysterious symbol into his chest. But the way that the blood was distributed in the museum didn't fit at all with how front blood would come out of a crawling man. This is back blood, said Langdon. And it's from someone else. Just then, he fell into the canal.